Let there be peace on earth. I'm thankful this morning for the peace that God gives, that God promises, that God speaks to us about. And uh, let it begin with me. Let it begin with the joy of little girls running around. (laughs) Thankful today for the beauty and the wonder of the Christmas story. Uh, What... With so many God-given messages of hope and God's love, I have enjoyed this year in the midst of what's been a very busy time, and the last two weeks have been so busy and full of things, to have a a couple opportunities just to slow down and read the Christmas story. Uh, Particularly on Wednesday night, you know, we had a a few people here and a few people on the phone, and, and I just enjoyed so much just kind of reading again fresh the Bible story and reading and and hearing what God says. There's so many gems, so many beautiful things that we find there that that we look forward to. And it seems like every year, God kind of gives us something else that maybe we haven't seen before. And I'm so thankful for that today. The Christmas story, I, I described it, I talked about it a little bit last week as being a great treasure. It's like a treasure chest. It's like this wonderful, marvelous container of joyful things to look at and to pull out and to draw out and over the last couple of weeks we've drawn from the the lives of two of the characters Joseph two weeks ago as we talked about treasure and how his character gives us so many things that we can look at and we can enjoy and we can think about and we can focus on there's such treasure in so many things in the Bible story And so we talked about Joseph. We talked about his life. We talked about how God had, in His infinite wisdom, chose this man for this task that uh, was incredibly challenging and difficult and steps and stages along the way. Uh, Of all the things that I, I think and I feel when I read Joseph's story is that we don't know what's ahead And the plan that God may take us through and around may look nothing like what we think life's going to be. But yet, in the midst of all of that, God was there, God was directing, and there was this man who was kind, Joseph was. He was honorable. He was, as we read, he was merciful. And he had a heart and a spirit that I believe captured what the Spirit of God is about mercy. Both righteousness doing what's right, doing what's honorable, and also doing it with mercy in his spirit. And I love that about Joseph. I just, I kind of hold on to that part of Joseph. And then, and then that aspect of his life that strikes me is how Joseph is such a great example to all of us of listening, listening to the spirit of God, listening to the Holy Spirit. Joseph is a great example of that. Sometimes we get this sense that we're in charge and we've got everything under control and we know what we're going to do and we know what life is going to be and, and uh, we hope that nothing derails that. But I want to say today how Joseph was a man who was able to listen to the Holy Spirit. He had a heart that was thoughtful. He had a heart that was listening and wanting to do what's right. And so God was able to come to that very fertile heart and show Joseph what He wanted him to do. 
This man who could have done other things that would have taken this story in different directions, this man had a heart that was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And because he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God was able to send the messenger to him and to give him a message. And I just love that. For me, this season, I'll have to say, for for me, this season from the treasure chest about Joseph is that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And then last week, it was kind of similar. The faith of Mary. Mary. She was so willing to do what God asked her to do. There was a willingness already. You didn't... Mary didn't have to be begged by God. She didn't have to be implored by someone saying, Mary, would you please do this? Would you do this great thing that God has called you to? She didn't have to have a group of people to convince her. She was willing. I think how important it is for us as Christians to have a willing spirit to do what God prompts us to do. You know, the willingness... Sometimes I get a little confused and I look at things different, I'm sure, than some people do, but sometimes there's things that it looks like to me that people just ought to be doing because it's the will of God and they don't need to be talked into it. They really shouldn't have to be convinced. Mercy is one of them. Kindness. The fruit of the Spirit. Those are not things that we should have to persuade one another. We should embrace them with who we are because of who God is. Mary seemed like she was like that. She was willing. Thank God, may my heart be willing to do and be what you want it to be. Don't let it be hardened. Oh God, make my heart soft and tender so that... When you impress on me to do something, I'm going to do it. Because of you and your love and your grace and the closeness I have with you. The willingness of Mary. Just one of those treasures that has struck me as I've read through the Christmas story this year. And then in the same vein, her example of trusting God. Trusting God. That she simply could trust God. There's no indication that she didn't. Indication that she didn't know why at first and how and how this was going to happen. But when God spoke to her through the angel, her response was, I don't understand, but I am willing. May it be unto me, the scripture says, one translation. May it be unto me as the Lord has chosen. I love that about Mary. I want to be willing I want to have a faith that trusts God in the good times and the hard times. Not denying the difficulties that sometimes are there in life. And even today as we talk about an attribute of peace. And, you know, trust doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way we hope it does. Trusting God, in fact, it, it takes maybe a little more to trust God when things don't go the way that we would want them to or wish they could. Trusting God, having faith takes taking God at His word no matter what the circumstances of life are. And I just, I love that about Mary. What a great treasure. Well, today I want to reach in a little bit for a couple of minutes, a few minutes, and draw out what to me seems like another treasure from the treasure chest of 
the Christmas story that we have to enjoy, and that is to think for a few minutes about the promises of God. The anticipation of God's help and God's presence. The joyful looking forward to the faithfulness of God. That faith that says, God, though I might not sense, I might not see it right now, I sure don't know the path by which, but I believe God, and I in my heart am holding on to that joy and the wonder that You are there, and You are faithful, and You will help me, and You will be with me. I'm so thankful today for the promises of God. And in related to the Christmas story, that those promises that have been there all through the Old Testament and the prophecies that are there. I'm thinking especially this morning of two characters from the Christmas story. Two senior adults. Old, and some described in one translation. They were so full of faith. And their faith was shining. And it was deep. And it was beautiful. And it's a great example to us. I love in the Scripture where we have people of all ages who are examples of faithfulness. We have a nine-year-old king in the Old Testament. Picture of faithfulness. We have, I think, certainly a, a teenager in Mary. Faithfulness. Trust. We have young people trustworthy, chosen by God at times when they thought, there's no way God can use me for this. No way. But God saw in them something. And they were examples of faithfulness. Middle age and into old age. You know, it's not like God says you are at this optimal age to be, to have faith. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Every single person at every age, if you're here today, and you can understand, and you're attentive, you're listening, and your heart's open, I want to tell you, you today, who you are, where you're at, your age, your place in life, your circle of influence, God has for you a plan to live out faith in Him among the people you're around. Don't ever fall into what I believe is one of Satan's deceptions or misconceptions. He says, it's really for other people. You know, that person over there is the strong Christian. That person over there is the one that, you know, uh, God's really going to use them. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that God says, I don't want to use them, but I will use them. There's examples when he put his finger on certain people for certain tasks, like Mary and Joseph that we've talked about. But God has for every believer a plan to live out their faith and to be consistent and to have influence in the lives of other people. Joseph and Mary, two young people, Simeon and Anna, two old people, all with incredible faith. I love that. The prophecies of the Messiah were deep within all four of them. All four of these are people who heard and chose to believe, and chose to center their life on the truth that God had revealed to them. They knew these prophecies in their hearts, and they embraced them. And I believe when they were being fulfilled, 
And when they were, the circumstances were starting to unfold, all four of them had this incredible opportunity to sense the movement of God in life and time. And I pray that we too, in a time and maybe in a year, maybe not for you, but for many of us, this is a time when we're wondering what God is saying. We're wondering what God wants from us. I am. I said from the beginning of COVID, God, help me to know this month, this week, this Sunday, what do you want out of me? How do you want me to live out my faith in this environment and this day? Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna, they all had that opportunity as things unfolded to live out their faith. It's beautiful. I believe they would have known Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 very well. Of course, one of the most quoted and, and uh, read about and talked about scriptures telling us about who Jesus would be, the Messiah. Chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus, the Messiah. Today, these four things that are listed here, I want us to to think about for a couple of minutes and remember who it is that we worship. Who it is that was in the manger. Who it is that uh, next Monday and Tuesday, the preschool children are going to come and sit down here and and help tell the story of, of that little one that will be in the manger. Who is he? Who is he to you? Number one, we're told the preciousness. He is our wonderful counselor. Oh, do we need a good counselor today? There's a lot of counsel out there. There's just a whole lot of counsel. I'm really not sure sometimes where the wonderful and the non-wonderful counsel is out there. But I can tell you who is the wonderful counselor. It's the Spirit of God. And that's who we need to go to more than any other voice in this world today about truth, and about how we look at life, and what we're to do with what God calls us to do. It's really not quite as important what other people say than what God's Holy Spirit says to us. I mentioned two weeks ago, and, and I plan to pick up in probably in March a theme for our church for the year 2022, and it has to do to listening to the Holy Spirit. Listening and reflecting, what is God saying to me about my life? Oh, how we need to listen to the wonderful Counselor. I'm so thankful today from the the words of that song that we sang earlier, God does not sleep, He does not rest. In fact, when we read it, it just, this thing hit my mind. I'm so thankful this weekend that God doesn't rest. We need to rest. We need to rest emotionally, physically, 
relationally, spiritually. But God doesn't need to rest. He's at work all the time. He's that counselor that can handle the load. He can handle the pressures. He can handle your feelings. He can handle your grief. He can handle the uncertainty that's going on in life. He can handle all those questions about what's going to happen two weeks and next year. God can handle that. He is an incredible, wonderful counselor. So remember that we go to Him over and over again. And we go back to Him. There's good counseling out there. There's good counsel. But He is the wonderful counselor. And as you wrestle with life's issues today, and we all are, just be reminded how important that He is the source of wonderful counseling. Don't forget that when you got all those other voices in your ear, when you got all those other opinions. Who is the wonderful counselor? He is our mighty God, Isaiah writes. Mighty, mighty God. Not just a good God. Not just a alert God. Not just a God that doesn't sleep. But Isaiah reminds us He's a mighty God. Mighty. Powerful. Strong. You know, God holds the whole world. The song says, and the Old Testament prophet says, in his hands, under his feathers, symbolically. He knows every day of our lives before one of them come to be. He knows our thoughts. He is a mighty God. Don't underestimate God's ability to help you. To choose the right path. Don't discount the mighty God when you're making decisions about what you think and believe and how you live it out. Don't think, well, you know what? He's good at some things. You know, He sent His Son and eternity, heaven, all that. You know, we got it. But sometimes Christians tend to forget or maybe not be as conscious of the truth that every day He's the mighty God for your life. Every day He wants to help you and speak to you and be close to you. He's a mighty God. He's not just a mighty God when Jesus went to the cross. I mean, that's incredibly mighty. But He's a mighty God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you that we have this prophecy that we have seen being fulfilled in Jesus' life. The everlasting Father. Two words there. Both. Everlasting and Father. Eternal. Past. Present. You know what it's like sometimes when you go somewhere and you visit an old site? By old, I mean it could be like old for our country or you old for the, you know, the, uh, you know, your culture you're in. Old as far as, you know, old can be my 30-year-old truck, you know. I mean, it's all relative, but everlasting? 
everlasting. Think about that. Everlasting. And we think of who God is. He has always been. What kind of a Messiah is this? He always was in the past. Everlasting to me is easier to try to get a grip on. But always, always been there for eternity past. I do not have a grip on that yet. Everlasting is God. You know what? This may be an understatement. I know it's an understatement. He was around before you came. And he'll be here after we leave this earth. I mean by about eternity. Think of that. Our lives are inside his hand. Maybe his finger point, you know. He knows that he sees it. He's everlasting. We all fit within the hand breath of God. The one who oversees. The one who's described throughout the Bible in much symbolism. Watching out for us. Thank you God. Thank you God that you're everlasting. Father. Again. Watching out for us. As a father does for his children. How I feel about my children. My grandchildren. I always said I was never a worrier. Debbie did enough for me. But I don't know. As my kids or grandkids older. Sometimes it doesn't get easier. But a father. Who loves. And wants what's best. It's not like he's out there with a clipboard. Stoic. Saying. Okay. How did you do today? I'm checking. Oh, you had a good day. No. Oh, he's wanting you to have a good day every day. And he loves you so much. And when you mess up, oh man, somehow we're told in the Bible that sin breaks the heart of God. So, in some ways, he's like a father. In a lot of ways, he's like a father who can feel... We know Jesus feels our pain. We know He feels our temptations. Imagine what it means, everlasting Father. That's who Jesus is. That's what God wanted us to see in Isaiah, everlasting Father. How precious it is. And then this morning, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Royalty. I think of a prince, authority, chosenness, sufficiency. Jesus is your prince. In America, we don't look at princes and kings like they do in Europe and England and you know all the stuff about the crown and all the soap opera and all that that sometimes goes with such things. We don't live in a king and prince society, but so many people around the world do. And I wonder if this scripture says something a little bit more to them than it does to us. Prince. 
There's a belongingness with the word prince. My prince. My king. It's not this distant figure who is unconnected, but there's a belonging to me with this attribute of Jesus. He's my prince. I belong to Him. I belong to His kingdom. He has pledged Himself to me as His child, as His subject. Authority, ability. Jesus is my Prince of Peace. Jesus understands the storms of life. As I mentioned a moment ago, He he knows every temptation that we have. Common demand, the Scripture says. Somehow we believe, I believe that when He went to the cross, He took everything of humanity's nature and sin on that cross. Somehow He could take that and identify with it and know it. The ugliness of everything and the struggle of everything and just life. You might say, on the cross, He took on the storms of life too. That's part of the cross. I mean, we think of the the hatefulness and all that that He took on. But you know, He took on humanity's pain that has come from sin. From Adam on, on the cross, the Prince of Peace took that on. He took all that stuff in and on. He knows every storm. And I'm so thankful today that He's there in our storms of life. Nowhere, ever, anywhere in the Scriptures do, are we told that we will not have storms. We are told that God is in our storms and will help us with the storms. And will be there. Man, I think of what Noah went through. Ay, ay, ay. How many days of rain? How many days before they saw the sun? How many days till finally the boat bumped on something, you know? No, I'm afraid we're here today and I'm afraid to say that all of us are in the same boat and that is we're going to have storms in life. But Jesus knows the storms and He's there. John says in John chapter 16, verse 33, these are the words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the promise today. Yes, we're going to have trouble. We're not going to get out without it. But I'm so thankful today that Jesus has overcome the world. Those kids that are doing the quiz today, that's one of them. Overcome thankful today that our Prince of Peace has overcome the world. We can be reminded of that. In fact, reminders. What am I reminded of when I think of Jesus the Prince of Peace? Number one is Jesus knows your needs. He really does. You don't have to think that God is surprised by what's going on in your life or the lives of your loved ones. He knows what you need. He also knows the times that you live in. He knows what 2022 is going to be. He knows what 2021 has been. He knows what life is. He's not surprised by that. I'm thankful today that the one who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, 
The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, knows my times. He knows my needs. He knows my future. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how long or short and changes and good and bad are going to take place in my life. I'm thankful that that's the one who is the Prince of Peace. And then I think He is your peace, the Scripture says. He is our peace. Far more than any other kind of peace in the world. And there's other kinds of peace. But Jesus is our peace. And as we hold on to Him and seek Him, we sense His Spirit. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, a little bit later than this passage. I will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Think about that. Perfect peace. God can help us not just to find kind of a stability of peace, and sometimes that has to happen first. But He can give us a peace that's deep and perfect and lasting and renewing. Chapter 41 talks about the renewing Spirit of God. So thankful today that He's there and He's with us. One more Scripture, and then we're going to turn to a closing song. Philippians chapter 4. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for that promise today. The Prince of Peace. We're going to sing a song in closing and in prayer time today if our team would come back. Thank you for jumping in there today and each of you and Thank you to our our tech team, and I realize that in these days, again, there might be more people trying to listen from the outside than sometimes are able to come, and I'm thankful for that. I want to say today, I chose this song, Cover Me. We've sung it here a couple times before. Would you stand with me? I just love the idea and the thought of this song. Some of you have heard it before, probably. It might be new to you. going to sing that together and then we're going to have a time of prayer Um, if you want to come and pray at the altar please do the altar is always a place to pray to kneel sit to stand but i just like to close our service with prayer as as many of you know and i've talked about we have so many people on the prayer list uh some recent people have passed related to people in our family i mentioned peggy uh pray for peggy sowers and their family and and I think of Connie Krebs and her sister, and of course Don Stiers losing his wife here a few weeks ago, and others not in our church family, but co-workers and, and uh, outside family or just a lot of needs. A lot of people are sick. Uh, pray for Janice Eichenlob. I don't know if she's on today. I don't see her, but Janice has really been, really been calling out. Yes, she is. Janice, I see your name on there. Blessings, my, my friend. We're praying for you. Appreciate your prayers for our family. Sometimes some guys, you guys know that our family has kind of had a, a week and a weekend with a lot of stuff. You may not know that Debbie's mom went by ambulance last night to the hospital and she's there now. Pneumonia, doesn't have COVID. She's doing better this morning, but appreciate your prayers uh, for our grandson. And again, many of you have needs and we do too. We appreciate your prayers and lot to pray for. I'm just going to ask you here, just put up your hand if you're feeling like, you know, 
you really need that Prince of Peace. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Some of you are shining greatly, and others of you might be struggling, and I don't know that. But if you want to, just put up your hand and let me know if you have a need today. And just want us to pray. Maybe you see other people with needs today. Some are expressed, and today we're just asking God to speak to us. Sing this song together, and then we're going to pray together. So glad you're here today as we as we seek God's Spirit. Sing with us this song, Cover Me. Thank you, ladies. thank you today for your peace that passes all understanding Philippians says and your peace that transcends our understanding it's something that we can't really quite figure out and understand we're thankful for that today we're thankful God that it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus we're thankful for the guard that your Holy Spirit puts on us through your peace God help us to seek it to embrace it to accept it willingly, to trust, to listen, and God, to know Your Spirit, both in the, the clear weather and in the storms of life, I pray. I thank You today for Your presence with us. 
I thank you, God, for your presence with God's people all over the world in every country, every, every language, every nation, every place that embraces the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior knows your spirit and your peace today. God, may the church around the world seek your spirit this morning, I pray. And in these days, we do thank you for your help. God, you, you know what we feel. You know there are families among us who are grieving. And we don't take that lightly, God. We've all been there at different places or will be if we haven't. So I pray for Don Styers today. I pray for Connie Krebs and her family. I pray, God, for the Sowers family today. And it's just a few names out of others. I'm starting now to think of people who have told me of people at work that have passed and distant relatives. I think of my cousin in Arizona. And Lord God, we don't take lightly grief. Help us to grieve with those that grieve. And rejoice with those that rejoice. Be able to do both and be an influence for you, God, I pray. We do pray for those that are have been sick, some with serious stuff, some with a stomach bug, whatever it is. Pray, God, for Janice Eichenlob today. Pray you would tell, touch her. Pray for Shauna today and pray you would touch her. We pray for all the Sholly family and those that have been impacted by this illness. Lord God, and others that we know are sick, that you would be with them. Pray you'd be with mom today, and may she feel a peace in her spirit, I pray. Pray for my grandkids today, and uh, the strep throat that's going around there, and I'm sure many others, God, that I would have no idea at the moment of. But Lord, you know these storms, and there are a lot of storms that are physical right now. God, I pray you would touch every need. Lord God, touch us in other areas where we need it. People that are looking at a different job. I pray for this one today. Pray God for those that have family that are separated, maybe by a struggle or maybe something even related to the holidays. And God, you know where we, where we fall short. You know what we need to do to get back on track. God, help your people to be the, the most teachable God, help us to be the most humble. Help us to be the ones like Joseph that care deeply about other people. More important people are than who's right. Your righteousness is what counts, God. Help us to embrace that. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for an incredible time. All the work that went into it and the little kids and the parents and young people and adults and those on their canes Lord that came may they just look a little bit uh, a little bit higher towards you I pray help us to be the influence you want us to be help us to be willing like Mary was and listening like Joseph was I pray thank you for this day thank you for being with us in Jesus name I pray amen Amen. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for all your work this weekend. God bless. Have a good day.